He is worthy to be praised. It is always time to worship. It is always time to give him praise. And as we continue in our worship, you realize worship, sometimes we use that word incorrectly. We talk about singing and the music, and that's worship, and that's true, but that's part of worship. Our prayer is part of worship. Our giving is part of worship. The word is part of worship, and one that you don't think about often enough is the time before and after the service. As you greet and encourage and fellowship with one another is a time of worship as well. And you know, some of you need to, when you leave, go out a different door once in a while. We have the most unique sanctuary, not just because it's an, an L that's backwards, but because a lot of people who sit over here come in over there and go out over there, and most of you who sit over here come in over here and go out over here, and unfortunately, never the two shall meet. So some of you on both sides need to risk it. I promise there's no electric wire. There's no, there's no trip thing here in the floor. You can cross the line and see who else you're worshiping with and greet them and meet them and even go out a different door or sit in a different seat. Oh, wow. But it's all part of our worship. And the reason we worship is because he's worthy. But I don't know if we take enough time to listen to him. To hear his heart. To really pay attention to what matters to him. And this morning we're going to do that. We're taking a look in the Gospel of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. To hear the heart of God. And I, the last few weeks, just every time I've been trying to study, I just get overwhelmed with God's heart. And this morning we're taking a look at God's heart and hearing his heart. And next Sunday, if I can do it anyway, the message is going to be it's time to hear your pastor's heart. We need to know who it is we serve, not me, him. We need to know what his heartbeat is. You know what's beautiful about medical technology today is that when someone is expecting, and Justin and Stacy just went through this, before they ever got to meet Shaylin, they heard her, her heartbeat. Now we even get to see pictures of them that they'll be embarrassed by later which is part of being a good parent, is to show pictures that embarrass our kids later in life. Um, but to hear that heartbeat. Because the heartbeat indicates life, and some of you have gone through when there was supposed to be a heartbeat and there wasn't. And the pain that that creates. This morning, I want you to recognize God's heart. To hear his heart. This passage in Matthew chapter 9. Verses 35 through 38. It's a short passage. I refer to it often. I've preached from it once since I've been here. It was almost three years ago that I preached from this passage. 
But I think this shows God's heart as much as anything. Uh, we could go to a lot of places in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I mean, John 3.16 always comes to mind, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave. John 11.35, the shortest verse in the Bible, the easiest one to memorize, Jesus wept. But it shows God's heart. Well, the whole scripture shows his heart. But how often do we listen to hear his heart? His heartbeat. What matters to him? And I want us this morning to make sure that we're paying attention to his heart. To hear the heart of God. And to hear the heart of God means we need to listen with our ears. With our eyes as we look in his word and look at what he's created. And also with our hearts. To seek to feel what he feels. And to understand. And I don't know who, but some of you need to hear this desperately this morning. To understand how much he loves you. And whatever you're going through. Whatever you're struggling with right now. He really cares about you and what you're going through. It's easy to think and become convinced, and Satan loves to whisper it to us, and other people unfortunately reinforce it at times. Nobody cares. Yes, they do. And especially he does. So here is heart. Matthew 9, beginning at verse 35. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them or on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. To hear the heart of God. I want you to hear, first of all, he is available to you. He's available. I mean, this passage shows Jesus literally, physically walking on this earth and walking through the towns and villages, greeting people. He was healing people. He was praying with and for people. He was touching them. He was asking them questions. He was playing with kids. We get this wrong picture of God. We, we get the picture of the judge in the robe too often, right? With the big gavel. Or we get the picture of God as a super policeman with a sin radar gun. Catching us and going, whoop, that was too much. Or the emergency room doctor. That we run to him when, when something's not going right, when we're hurting, and then we run back out until the next time. None of those are good pictures of who God is. But this passage is. He is available to you. He went through all the cities and villages. Teaching. Proclaiming the gospel. Healing disease and affliction. He was with them. He still is. 
He's available to anyone and everyone at any time and all the time. Did you get that? He's available to anyone, that includes you. To everyone, that includes you. At any time, that includes now. And all the time, that includes all the time. He's available. You don't have to make an appointment. You don't have to schedule it. You don't have to set an alarm or an alert for it. He's available. In fact, as I was doing this, and I I wrote this down, typed this, scratched it out, deleted it, put it back in, scratched it, put it back in, and I went, I'm leaving it there. And that is this. He is truly available. You see, I think we hear the word available because we hear that on commercials all the time, right? We're available for you, and then you call and nobody answers. Hey, we're here for you 24-7, and you get a recording. That's not who God is. He is truly available. And not only is he available, but he desires to help you. Have you ever called customer service and had somebody answer, but didn't really feel like they wanted to help you? Maybe once a day. I mean, he really is not only available, but he desires to help you. That's why I said some of you need to hear and begin to believe and act on the fact that he cares. And he's here. He's available to you. It's not availability in name only. See, even those of us who want to be available, there are times we're not. And even with these things that make us available a lot of the time, do you know that you can still drive through places where you have no signal? And somebody calls you and you can't be there for them. Or sometimes, I know, you know, the phone companies will never admit this, but sometimes these don't work. Or maybe you forgot to plug it in. Or didn't know your spouse played a game on it and took the battery down. That's why we each have our own phones. So we can run our own batteries down. But God is truly available. His heart is for you. And you can say with confidence to anyone that his heart is for them as well. God thinks of you, but he is thinking of everyone and still thinking of you. Parents go through this an amazing transformation when they have a child. I mean, it's like, I had no idea I could love this much. And if they have that first child and they're thinking that and then find out there's going to be a second child, you go, I, 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 this won't work. I mean, I had so much love for them. There's not enough until you hear that heartbeat and realize I love them just as much. See, God multiplies the love in us and even more so his love is multiplied. Hear his heart. He's available to you. Secondly, 
hear his heart. He is aware of your situation. Look at what it says in this passage. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them or compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He was aware of their situation. He's aware of yours. Number one, he sees you. I mean, Santa Claus, it's a song, but God really sees you. Oh, yes, he knows when you're naughty or nice, but I mean, he sees you. He knows who you are. He sees not just the physical being, but he sees your heart. He sees your joy and your hurts. He sees your euphoria and your depression. He sees your questions as well as your answers. He sees you. We live in a time when it's really easy to feel like nobody sees us. That we're just there in the crowd. He really does see you. But he doesn't just see you. This shows he hears you. I mean, when it says he went through the towns and villages in verse 35, he was proclaiming the gospel and healing every disease. He, he saw them and he heard them. When he saw the crowds, verse 36, he had compassion for them. He sees you and he's listening. Not all of us who claim we're listening are really listening, are we? <laughs> and there's a difference, isn't there, between hearing and listening? I've learned that you have to do a follow-up question if you say, did you hear that? You say, but did you listen to it? Because there are times we hear noise, but I didn't listen. Listen. I told the story before about um, Chuck Swindoll, pastor, author, seminary president and stuff. He was writing about a busy time in his life. The church was just growing. He was busy all the time. And he came home to have family dinner, but he was rushing it because he had to get back to another meeting. And, and his daughter was so excited. I think she was about six or seven years old to tell him about the day and what had happened. And she rushed up to him before he left and started saying it. And she was just saying it a hundred miles an hour. Any of you have one of those kids that can talk like that? Some of you are lying. You didn't raise your hand. And he went, slow down. Say it a little slower. And she reached up and put her hands on both sides of his face and said, then listen slower. Let me tell you, God's listening and he actually hears. He's not just available. He hears you. He sees you. He knows what you are facing. And he sees you and hears you. And it really matters because he knows you. I mean, I love this in this passage that he had compassion for them. And he saw what they were going through. Not just the obvious things. He saw that they were harassed and helpless. 
He knows you and what you're going through. So putting on a brave face, you might fool some of us. You're not fooling as many of us as you think, but you're not fooling him. He knows. So just confess. Lord, I'm hurting. Lord, I'm lost. Lord, I don't know what to do next. I'm confused. Whatever it might be. Know that his heart is for you. For you see, he's not only available, which is awesome. He not only is aware of your situation, which is incredible. But combine those with this truth. He cares for you. There are some people who will listen to you, but don't really care. There are some people who will listen to you because it's their job to listen to you. But they may or may not care. But he really cares. Verse 36, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Verse 37, he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There's so many people in need, he's saying to them. He cares for you because he is filled with compassion. Now, compassion is not just, oh, I'm sorry. Compassion is that he hurts with you. He's hurting for you. You know that feeling, don't you? At times when there's somebody and you just ache for them. That's how he is with you if you're hurting. Now, the good news is when things are going great, he's also rejoicing with you. Truly rejoicing. Not just a pretend parade clap. I mean, when things are going great in your life, he is jumping up and down going, yes! Have you ever realized that? I mean, did you realize last Sunday morning he couldn't contain himself hearing the testimonies of people who got baptized? Perfect? No. Still messing up? I guarantee it. But desiring his heart. Man, heaven was throwing a party. He knows. He's filled with compassion for you. He sees when you are struggling as well as when things are going well. The Greek term, the, the language this was most of the New Testament was written in, the Greek term that we translate in verse 36, harassed and helpless, the Greek term literally means thrown to the earth. He saw them as people who had been knocked down, thrown down. As in someone who had knocked them down or even someone who had collapsed in drunkenness. Somebody who couldn't control where they were. Something had happened and they were down. I preached a message a couple times entitled Knocked Down but Not Knocked Out. We can get knocked down, but as long as we're hearing his heart and trusting his heart, we'll never be knocked out. Because he's here. He's paying attention. He knows you. He cares. 
for you. He knows when you're struggling as well as when you're soaring. Recognize that His compassion is not a passive compassion. It is not one of those where you watch the commercial on TV and go, oh, next channel. Or one of those because you've seen the commercial 25 times, you know it by heart, so you mute it. He doesn't do that to us. He knows. He cares. He sees what we're really going through. Harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep that don't have a shepherd will scatter. They might cluster for, with two or three, but they won't stay together because the next thing that distracts them, they'll go that way. He knows that about us. But he cares. He seeks to bring the healing and the understanding for that. Now, I think we don't view verses 37 and 38 the way we really should. So let me see if I can help. Verse 37 says, Then he said to the disciples, The harvest is plentiful, the laborers or workers are few. The harvest, people in need, is the harvest. Some are in need of salvation, and we have a tendency to only view it that way. Some who have made a decision for Christ are still in need. We don't want to abandon that. He says there's a lot of people in need, but there aren't enough who are working for or with them. Not the professional. That's not the issue. The issue is we, it's all of us are called to this. And verse 38, it says, therefore, and he's saying this to the disciples, therefore, pray earnestly. Earnestly. Pray hard. Pray often. Pray with feeling. I, I love being around other people who are praying. Even if they're not praying out loud, you can just feel it. If they're praying the semi thing, that means that there's, that there's a noise coming out, but you might not be able to hear it all. Kind of like murmuring, only in a positive way. It's just awesome to hear. To just know that somebody cares. Somebody is paying attention. That's the laboring. That's the seeking. Those who reach out and touch, who say, hi, how are you? And listen for the answer. Remember a pastor who used to always describe him to people who didn't know him. I said, he's the guy who says, how are you? And waits for your answer. And more than that, cares what your answer is. And more than that, if what you said was something that wasn't going well, the next time he saw you, he was going to say, how is that going? That's who God is. He's listening. He cares. That's his heart. He desires for more people to reach out, to care, to labor, to look for people to impact, to look for people to listen to, to look for people to help up, to look for people who will sit down with somebody who's down. 
and just sit beside them. Somebody, more people who are just going to show up. You see, God knows the urgency of the situation. And this is a new realization for me this week. And doing a deeper dive on verse 38 and, and 37 and 38 about the harvest. But in verse 38, it says, Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. The reference to the harvest, I had never looked at it this way, is a picture of urgency. we got some farmers in here and some more who grew up on the farm. When the harvest is ready, you got to pick it. You're not going by a time clock at that point. It needs to be gathered, harvested. Because what happens if you don't? It goes bad. It gets destroyed. It's lost. Now read that passage with that picture in mind. The harvest is plentiful, ripe, ready. But the laborers, the workers, the harvesters are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest or the harvest will be lost. I shed a lot of tears studying this week because this became very real. And the urgency that there are people who if we don't show up, if we don't listen, if we don't reach out, if we don't say hi, if we don't pray, they're going to be lost. And a harvest that's lost is gone. I started seeing faces. And it broke me. We need desperately more laborers who care. More people paying attention to God's heart and making it their heart. More laborers are certainly needed. And, and I'm not just talking about volunteer positions that we want to fill. I mean people who are seeking to make a difference in the lives of others. Sometimes it's through formal things we do. And we need that. But much of the greatest ministry doesn't happen in here. It happens out there. It happens in a text or a phone call or an email or FaceTime or a Zoom. Where we let people know, I see you, I'm listening, and I care. All because he sees you, he's listening, and he cares. What would happen if we adopted God's heart and then showed it to the people around us? 
What would happen where you work? What would happen in your house? What would happen in this building? It's time to hear God's heart. So I just ask you in closing, because you see, without more laborers, we may lose some of the harvest that God's intended for us to gather. Are you aware of his heart? Do you realize he sees you, hears you, cares for you? Do you realize he's available and is listening? Do you hear his heart beat, not just for you, but for the people around you? Even the ones who annoy you? Do we hear his heart? Are we following his lead, his heart? And this is the one that got me. Are you living with urgency? Oh, not to beat people with the gospel and the good news, but with urgency to listen, with urgency to notice when someone's missing, with urgency to notice something's different in the neighbor's house, with an urgency to realize it matters. And it's time. Are you hearing God's heart? Would you stand together with me? I just wonder this morning if some of you would say one of two categories. Either you're going, I need to know God's paying attention. I need to know he cares and realizes what I'm going through, the hurt I have. And I'm just, I, I, I need it. I just got to throw myself at his feet. Or maybe the Lord has just worked on your heart in conviction this morning about that you haven't been uncaring, but you sure haven't been urgent about it. And some names and faces came to your mind this morning. And you're realizing it's time to say, okay, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but here I go. I'm ready to be available to people on your behalf. I'm ready to listen to people on your behalf. I'm ready to care because you care. If either of those categories fits you this morning, and you realize it's time. It's just time to admit it before the Lord. Or it's time to say, okay, Lord, I'm ready to get to work. I just invite you to come forward. You can play some music? No. Labor is not always easy. But it is necessary. And it is urgent. I just invite you to come. You can kneel, you can sit, you can stand, but just come. If you're in either one of those two categories, it's time for you to confess, to admit to him, Lord, I, I can't do it like this anymore. I need the help. Or, Lord, 
I want to show people your heart. I just invite you to come in the next moment or so. Before I pray, just come forward in either of those categories. Now, all we're saying is help, and in some cases, help me as I help. Not with our own strength, not our own power, but with God's heart and showing that to them. Jesus, thank you for caring the way you do. Oh, Lord, help us to be your laborers, to show people your heart, to show that you care by showing them we care. Lord, may our heart become like your heart. Jesus, help us to have your eyes as we go as well. To see what you saw going through the towns and villages. To rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And to weep with those who are weeping. To just sit with those who are lost. And Lord, help us to see the urgency of what's all around us. What's sometimes in our own home, next door, in the next locker, in the next station at work, wherever it may be, help us to see and to show your heart. Lord, I pray for these especially that have come forward, for whichever category they're in, meet their need if they're coming out of their own need, and Lord, empower them and impress upon them your availability, your heart, if they're coming to reach out to others. And Lord, this week, I pray harder than I prayed in a long time that your Holy Spirit would follow us in convicting power to hear your heart and to follow your may we go today when we go wherever we go with your heart in Jesus name Amen